It's time for the Crunch Time Plays Podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. What's up, y'all? Liv Moose here. Hey, what's up? This is Danny Wexelman. Hey, everyone. I'm Steffi Smalls. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Lindsay. This is Andrea Carter. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin. And you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thanks so much. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our content. And we got another awesome guest today. The cut covers Auburn for for Auburn Wire and Brian Stoltz. And Brian, it's awesome to have you today. Hope you had a a great July 4th weekend. And I really appreciate you taking some time today, bro. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're welcome. And so I wanted to ask you to, to start with about about the Brian Harson hire. I hadn't got a chance to, to talk with you publicly about it, but but he's you know really a, a guy that's going to bring in a lot of a lot of fresh ideas. Really, really love the staff that he's put together with a really good mix of of SEC guys, especially the coordinator spots. Talking about Mike Bobo and Derek Mason, and bringing in a lot of those guys from from Boise State that he had uh, as well. It's a really good blend of of staff there. What a, what are the, what do you make of the hire first of all? And, and based on, uh, I know probably fans when, when they opened up that recruiting calendar in June, they probably expected with the new staff to get, to get a bunch of commitments, but, but things have started out a little bit slow uh, for Auburn in that, in that prospect. So is any, any reason for concern there? I know we kind of talked, we kind of touched on it a little bit before we started just, you know, being a new staff, learning, learning the area, be, meeting all the high school coaches and establishing those relationships. I definitely really don't think oh, there's any major reason for concern there. Uh, I don't think so yet. Um, like you said, with the on-campus visits kind of opening up last month, people were kind of expecting a you know a domino effect of a lot of commitments and stuff like that. But across the board, really, you haven't seen it that much for most teams. Um, as far as the Harson hire, it's interesting to me that it kind of came out of the blue, like just out of smack dab out of the blue. And the fact that his name wasn't mentioned for the longest time. And then his name gets mentioned. And then like two hours later, he's on his way to Auburn. And uh, I thought it was a good hire. Uh, you know, he's had success at Boise, but then again, you know, we're bringing in a guy that doesn't have SEC experience. And I was talking to a former Auburn player, um, a couple of months ago, he said, how is that guy going to go into living rooms in the South and sell himself? And how is assistants that haven't had experience in the South going to sell themselves to families that, you know, have these connections to the Southeast and stuff like that? So it's going to take some time. But like you said, he hired Derek Mason, Mike Bobo. He kept um, he hired Zach Etheridge, a former Auburn cornerback, uh, and um, and then Cadillac Williams went on staff. So he has some guys that are familiar with the Southeastern Conference, which will help a lot. Um, they got a good, I guess you can say, their future kicker uh, committed last night, and Alex McPherson, top kicker in the nation, which is a great thing because you would think he would have gone to Florida, fallen his brother, but he didn't. Um, and uh, maybe he'll get the ball rolling. I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know top targets out there that are still uncommitted, and we'll see if they uh, buy into what Harson's selling and come to the plains whenever we talk about the guys that that are already com 
committed. I wanted to run it, run it to run through mm-hmm. uh, some of those guys with you and talk to the guy, the quarterback, the four star, mm-hmm. the Holden Dreiner from, from Benedict uh, military school there in, in Savannah. And then you got going over to the defensive side of the ball, Gerald Stenson and Powell Gordon there, mm-hmm. both three star guys and Alex McPherson that you mentioned that they just recruit, just recruited or just committed to, to Auburn. Uh, to be to be a kicker there, and do you like the the three guys that they have in the boot right now, and and what can can bring to the table? I know they they had had Gunner Stockton before mm-hmm. uh, the quarterback. Uh, I really thought Auburn had a had a really good chance there, and, and maybe maybe still do to to somewhat extent due to his relationship with with Mike Bobo, depending on what happens in the in the first year, but. But they've got their got the quarterback now, and they got two guys on the defensive side of the ball. So, do you, what do you make of of those three guys, and what do you think fits their game uh, best as far as being in this Derek Mason defense and and Mike Bobo offense? Um, yeah, I think that Holden kid uh, that he just got done at the Elite Eleven and apparently impressed some uh, major people. So uh, you know that's always a good sign that you know he goes up against some top competition and. The nation, the guys he's gonna be battling against, and he held his own, and you know that's all you can ask for. And he kind of shown on some, excuse me, on some categories and some assets out there. As far as uh, you know, Pal Gordon, the local kid from Auburn High, he's gonna be, I think, a major leader um, and a major guy that's gonna come in and challenge people and you know he might not have all the skill that maybe a four four star or five star will have but you know he's gonna being from auburn coming to his dream school stuff like that i think he'll be uh someone to watch out for in the future and who's the other guy all the who's the other uh, guy we have uh, Jarrell, Jarrell stenson oh, okay yeah um i think he'll be uh you know auburn's loaded at that position right now and when he comes in, I think he'll be able to learn off some guys that experienced and, you know, maybe be able to contribute immediately. So I know we, we, we touched on, on, on those guys and Auburn, you know, doesn't have a lot of guys committed right now, but, but who, are there any guys that, that you, that you are aware of that they could be uh, guys that they're hopping, but possibly hopping in the boat soon guys they had on campus yeah. uh, in, in June guys that they're, could possibly have here at the end of July when it opens back up again for a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, I think you can start with uh, four-star offensive lineman Caden Story. Uh, he's from I think Montgomery, local kids, so uh, it's not a big trip for him. Um, obviously, Auburn needs all the help they can get on the offensive line for. I mean, he can't play this year, but for next year and beyond. And you have that four-star uh, defensive lineman uh, Curtis Perry. I think it's yeah Curtis Perry. Um, who uh, is leaning toward Auburn, I think, a little bit. And um, like like the offensive line, the defensive line is really thin right now, and they should be able to come in and contribute, you know, as a freshman if they sign with Auburn. So we'll see if uh, that happens. But, you know, getting back to it, you know, it's still early in the recruiting process, and I, I don't think it's time to panic. But, you know, maybe a month down the road, if this is still status quo, there's going to be some pressure on him, especially going into his first season when, you know, there might not be a honeymoon period for him uh, that uh, most coaches enjoy. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Now, 
you know, just coming in, being being a new staff and in a new area, there's definitely going to be some growing pains that that go along uh, with it. But in, you know, in the end, we you know when we talking about three or four years down the road, I think Brian Harsh is definitely a guy that can get Auburn back mm-hmm. uh, to where they want to go and and kind of moving away uh, from from recruiting, and it, it does affect recruiting to a certain extent. When we're talking about when we're talking about NIL. No, you know, we talk about Bo Nix signing with, with Milo Sweet Tea, and we we're talking about earlier Smoke Mondays, uh, a new logo that I that per, that's my personal favorite. I think yeah. it's really, I think it's really cool. But are there any NIL opportunities that I know Auburn's got a, a nice laundry list of guys now that have gotten NIL opportunities, or or any ones that that you're a fan of, any ones that stick out to you? Uh you know, I would think that most of them would come with Smoke Monday. I mean, there's so many uh, good opportunities there as far as, I mean, grill, grills, like charbroiled grills, and I don't know. I guess you can't do cigarettes, so that would be bad for the kids, right? Uh, but something like maybe a vape, maybe a vape, smoke, I don't know. Maybe something like that. But with that name, you would think so. Um, I'm not sure what what the other people are doing. Uh sure uh, – some of the basketball players will get involved pretty soon. Um, let's see. I'm surprised Jabari Smith hasn't signed uh, NIL yet, I, as far as I know. Uh, you know, that five-star coming in, we'll see what he can do. But I, I love the NIL thing. Uh, I think it's about time that these players can get paid off their name and likeness that when the NCAA is making billions of monies off of them and the schools are bringing in cash and, you know, Everyone's seeing everyone's seeing the profit except them. So I love it. I love the idea of guys getting uh, you know, like I think I think I saw that the entire Arkansas offensive line is being um, sponsored by Mission Barbecue or something like that. That's that's a great idea. That's a great idea. I love I love all the creativity and stuff like that that will be with it. And some people are saying, Oh, is this going to turn into a NASCAR uniform or no, I mean the game's always about business. I mean, you look around in the stadium and you hear advertisements every five seconds. So it's not like it's going to ruin the integrity of college football. But uh, I love the idea and uh, I enjoy uh, watching these guys get some money. Hey, I definitely want some more some more love for the for the offensive linemen. Seems like they're not getting too many opportunities mm-hmm. right now. But there's so many things, especially you could you know could sponsor of just like you talked about the barbecue place you can sponsor mm-hmm. a whole you, you could sign a whole offensive line oh yeah a deal especially if you're a you know arby's like we we have yeah. the meats so like that's that's no. a perfect segue oh, opportunity yeah. oh yeah bring back where's the beef for wendy's from the <laughs> 80s maybe um r.i.p that lady i guess she's dead um but i don't know she she was old back then so um yeah, these are these are ideas that will be thrown around, and I'm I'm just hoping that the players will get the support that they need to learn. Like you know, when not get not get too involved in it. I still focus on football and stuff like that. But uh, I think the help that they're getting, I think Auburn has a, something called Spirit, a program that's going to help them. And um, yeah, I think it was a great day for college football. Yeah, that's definitely true. Everybody needs to. All the players need to, to keep a stable mind about that. And I think I think a lot of these schools have have done a really nice job, especially 
and no no help from the NCAA, of course. The schools have, have kind yeah. of take, taken upon themselves over the past couple of years to to really understand where all this NIL stuff was going and and really you know hide some of some you know hire the the outside firms to, to come mm-hmm. in and teach come in and teach the players uh, all about it so i think it was really smart of the schools to be proactive in that regard yeah i'm, I'm still trying to get my own uh, sponsorships for myself so uh if uh the hound my buddy bat matt if you want to uh sponsor me I've, I've spent enough money there uh in the past week alone i spent a lot enough money there i should get a sponsor for free salty dogs every now and then anyway just throwing <laughs> that out there but um we're yeah, all, we're, all, we're always looking for sponsors on this yeah. show as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Hound in Auburn. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I love it. Uh, I think it's going to be fine. Um, I think that you said the programs that they put in place to teach the kids and keep them uh, from taking some money from a knucklehead that's trying to pay them. You know, Yellowwood's not going to be able to pay $20,000 to Bo Nix for employment or anything like that. It's not the, it's not the, we're not back in the Southwest conference. I don't think, but um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like the idea and, you know, Easter own, get your money. I mean, you only, you're a star athlete at a major school and you should, you should be able to get a little money for uh, what you've done. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely true. And, and we're talking, I know a lot of the, one of the complaints about, about NIL was, was possibly causing, division in the locker room with the, with the main players getting getting money and, and all the other players not being able to, to line up these deals and such but one the kind of the point the point that that I met, that I make is if you have a, a really good culture in the locker room that is definitely definitely gonna not gonna affect it but if you have kind of a rocky road in the locker room that definitely could be one of the one of the things that that kind of creeps in and affects the kind of affects the the quality of the locker room. But but whenever you talk about a new staff, like Brian Harson and this staff, when trying to establish uh, their culture and diff- trying to establish their vision, their culture, does it make it a little bit more uh, difficult for them in that regard when we're talking about NIL? I don't think so. I mean, if, if everyone was treated equally, everyone would play the same amount of time on the field. So, you know, that's always been a concern about – you know, playing time, is it going to cause friction? I mean, it's, it's always there. So, I mean, these guys that are redshirt seniors who haven't seen the field in four years, they know they're not going to get sponsored. They're just happy to be on the team. Uh, I mean, they're, they know that they're not going to get what Bo Nix and Tank Bisbee get uh, just because they're not the stars. And that's fine. I mean, that's basically what capitalism is, isn't it? Is really the make money when you're a star. So um, I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't see any friction. I think um, Harson's done a good job of kind of weeding off some knuckleheads that were on the roster um, and building kind of the structure, structure of the roster in his uh, view. Um, I think he'll have players that are uh, willing to, you know, battle for him as a new coach. Um yeah, and, and I don't see the NIL causing any friction in locker rooms as much as there is already. I mean, you know, you, the culture is the culture, and I know that doesn't mean anything, but um, if you have a good culture, nothing's going to stop, you know, you from having a very good locker room where everyone kind of gels. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. And then you have a 
when you have a great culture in the locker room, guys that are that are so bonded together and and, and working as a team and, and playing for playing for each other. When you have a great culture, that's definitely not gonna not gonna affect any kind of any kind of thing in the locker room. Oh yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't? No, def- definitely not. And and we're here we're here with Brian Stoltz from from Auburn Wire. Does an incredible job. It's gonna be gonna be moving to Auburn here. Uh, we talked about uh, in a in a little bit, so I know you're looking forward to that getting getting down I there. I am trying to trying to uh, set my limit on golf rounds per week with my buddies. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting back. I have a lot of friends there that uh, you know are fun to be around, and so I'm um, looking forward to it. Well, if I, whenever I whenever I get to Auburn, I'm definitely definitely always down to to, to play around to golf with you. If, if, I'm, if, I'm if always you down. I can either shoot an 83 or a 98, like I did the other day. So, um, yeah, I'm not consistent. Consistency not not in my golf game. No, definitely. When you talk about my golf game, consistency <laughs> is not a word that I would want to choose. No, there, no. There's, a, there's probably about 50 other words that I can think of before <laughs> consistency even comes into the to the dictionary. About, Me too, about and most I can't say on there, so <laughs> no doubt. You, you just you just get you get mad at yourself out there on the course. You start start saying stuff you shouldn't say, and that goes into the dictionary way. Before, oh, absolutely! Way yeah. before consistency, <laughs> but but kind of kind of looking at, at this year uh, specifically as we get into the second half of, of the show here. There was a, a lot of talk about about Bo Nix last year wanting to take that that next step with Gus Malzana and Chad Morris and. Excuse me, the new the new Milo Sweet Tea ambassador, uh, Bo Nix. Yeah. We got to make sure we got to make sure we we include that uh, for Bo because it's really fascinating uh, to, to see all these. You know, He's one, he just earned fifty more dollars on that. <laughs> well, Bo, if you're if you're watching or listening yeah. today, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad me and Brian were able to to help you earn fifty more dollars uh, from Milo Sweet Tea today. But 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 it's kind of you know. When Gus Malzahn gets fired, Chad Morris leaves as well. But the the more things change, the more they stay the same. And and Brian Harson and Mike Bobo uh, implementing their new offense. And there's the same questions remain about Bo Nix last year that that are bleeding in uh, to this year. And we talk about his his consistency, but I really do think the offense that Mike Bobo and Brian Harson are going to implement is really going to help him. It's going to be some under center. A lot of twelve personnel, a lot of running backs and tight ends. Especially when you think about Auburn's personnel, mm-hmm. not really, especially this year, not really being able to count on a lot of the wide receivers that you have, mm-hmm. uh, possibly. But, but it's just the the do you think the fresh mindset of a new offense uh, for Bo Nix? Because at times last year he really looked, he was disconnected. He was arguing with Chad Morris on the sideline, really disinterested and kind of disconnected with the yep. offense. Is a, a, I really do think a fresh mindset is going to be really good for him. I think that and getting his confidence back. I think with the offensive line he's played behind after the last two years, I feel like every after one second he was looking to scramble because he knew that somebody from the opposing defense line was going to get through that offensive line. And like I described it, it's a, it was a swinging door. I mean, there was nobody that could block. Um, Hopefully that's not the case this year with the introduction of Will Friend as offensive coordinator or offensive line coach. 
Um, but it's just getting his confidence back, you know, confidence back. And hopefully Mike Bobo and Brian Harson have worked with him on that as well. I mean, his delivery needs work. I mean, he throws off the back foot way too much and he needs to, obviously he needs to learn how to, uh, go through his progressions, something that I don't even think he's worked. I mean, it, it just didn't seem like he could do it the last two years. He'd focus on one receiver and that's it. But having, you know, a running back and Tank Bigsby and some tight ends to start off with to kind of sort of as, serve as a safety valve for him, I think that'll help a little bit. And you, you're talking about a new start. Auburn needed a new start, and Bo Nix needed a new start. And, um, you know, hopefully Mike Bobo is making, making progress with them. You know, if he struggles in fall camp, TJ Finley's right there. I mean, he's a former four-star recruit, I think. Kind of started for uh, LSU a little bit, but struggled last year. If That's something that Bo Nix has not had the last two seasons is competition at the quarterback position. Since uh, his first battle against Joey Gatewood and Malik Willis. Of course, look what Malik Willis is doing now, but that's um, just something he hasn't had to – he has no reason to look behind his shoulder and – dare think that somebody would be brought in for him. So as bad as he played, especially against South Carolina in that loss, as bad as he played, I mean, there was no chance that Grant Loy or Cord Sandberg were coming in to replace him. So, you know, it's amazing um, to have a little competition for him. I think that will inspire him a little bit. Um, I think it will make him work harder. And um, hopefully Bobo Harson and Nick can uh, find the right uh, mix, I guess, at the quarterback position. Yeah, definitely building building up that rapport between between the the offensive minded head coach, offensive coordinator, and the quarterback is definitely one of the one of the best uh, rapports that you can build up. So I think uh, you know Matt Corral's going to have a, a really great year this year again with with Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. They have a really nice a mm -hmm. rapport uh, at at Ole Miss. They do a, do a great job, and, and we have that chemistry between the between the head coach, offensive mm -hmm. coordinator, and quarterback. That's definitely a recipe. For success offensively, but but just opportunity to had a, had a chance to watch uh, Mike Bobo work a lot uh, last year when he was at South Carolina yeah. and South Carolina's you know personnel. I, I honestly equate uh, South Carolina's offense and, and Auburn's to, to be the same. You have a you know Bo Nix may possibly maybe a little bit better a quarterback potentially than than Luke Doty going into this year mm -hmm. at South Carolina, but. But you have a have a court have a solid quarterback. You've got mm -hmm. a really you got some really good running backs, stable of running backs, mm -hmm. really tight ends that you can use. Yeah. Mike Bobo really is able to adapt uh, to his personnel really well and, and scheme up to where you know there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of twelve personnel, a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of you know zone read type. type things that, that they do really well and, and different blocking schemes up front that, that him and Will Friend know very well uh, from their days at, at, at Georgia and Colorado State. Yeah, um, and the thing is, it's no secret what defense is going to do to Auburn early on. It's stack the box so Tank won't beat them. So Nix is going to have to make plays early and early, I mean, especially early on, especially during that trip to uh, Penn State. Uh, that Penn State is going to be full capacity. He's had his trouble on the road, major trouble on the road um, in the past two seasons, and uh, they're just going to make him beat him. And uh, 
it'll be up to him to see if uh, they can pull the ups upset or not in Beaver, Beaver Happy Valley, I guess. And, um, yeah, we'll see what Knicks can do. That's definitely, definitely interesting when we talk about talk about stacking the box on, on Tank Bigsby, being able to to get under center and, and run a lot of the, the personnel groupings mm-hmm. and schemes that Mike Bobo wants to run. It definitely helps to slow down that pass rush a little bit. Yeah. I really think it's really going to help out of that offensive line because really they they struggled to to block anybody last year. I agree. Bo, Bo Nix was running for his life pretty much on every yeah. play that he dropped back into the pocket. And it, being able to to freeze those linebackers, freeze those mm-hmm. defensive ends, being able to get under center, run the play action, especially with the great running back by Bigsby, because you have to respect yeah. him. You have to respect him at all costs and really think that's going to benefit the offensive line and, and as well as Bo Nix. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, it was time for a change offensively. I mean, everyone have basically figured out what Auburn was going to do. When your fans are calling your plays, you know it's bad. But, um, yeah, I think that will uh, – yeah, you're right about being under center, which Nix has to learn. I don't think he's ever been under center, you know, even in high school because his dad was his coach and, you know, all they did was throw the ball, I guess. But, um, yeah, that, that will definitely – and having a tank is such a major asset and weapon for him in the backfield. It's kind of like having Cadillac or Ronnie Brown back there again. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't see how he'll, he can regress. So the only way I think Bo Nix can go is up. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And, and we're talking about the, these wide receivers kind of, kind of like – uh, South Carolina, great, great quarterback, great running backs, great tight ends. Don't really know uh, too much about the wide receivers. It's been a been a kind of a a topic around uh, the, especially those yeah. two programs for the last last couple of years. But who are the wide receivers uh, that Auburn has on the roster right now that that you're really looking at to possibly take a step? You talk about. Some some young guys like Zebian Capers, Elijah Canyon, yeah, Kobe Hudson, some of those tight ends, Luke Deal, John Samuel Shanker, yeah. those those kind of guys can really get in the passing game because you you, you got to have somebody to throw to uh, if you're Bo Nix and uh, the yeah. main, the main question is is who are you throwing the ball to this year? So who you think some of those guys that are going to be for Auburn's offense? Yeah, he lost his safety valve with. Uh... Not a safety valve, but his go-to was Seth Williams, which hurts. But uh, I think Elijah Cannon will fill that role. Uh, maybe not as good as Williams was, but I think he showed, especially in, against Northwestern in that bowl game and then in the spring game, that he has the capability of being that number one receiver that the team needs. You talked about Capers. All good things were talked uh, said about him during spring practice. So, you know, Capers could – be another star for Auburn. Shredrick Jackson, we're still waiting for him to uh, break out. You know, we thought after his first freshman year, he, you know, things were going to uh, come along easily, but it hasn't. And, you know, uh, yeah, but Elijah Cannon and Capers, uh, talk about the tight ends, like I said earlier, they have seven or eight tight ends on the roster, and I don't even know what they're going to do with them. But, yeah, Luke Dill and uh, those guys are going to be major factors in this offense, especially early on. Uh, while Nick kind of gets to gel with his wide receiver core, and you know, that's something they haven't had in the past, and hopefully they use it wisely. Yeah, those those, sh- those short, easy passes to the wide receivers and tight ends—that's really, really a, a feature of of the Mike Bobo offense. Be interesting to see how how Brian Harson kind of puts his 
little stamp on that offense as well. But it really gives really going to give Bo Nix an opportunity to gain some confidence early in games and, and really well he's developing that rapport with his receivers are going to really give him an opportunity uh, to be successful and and kind of moving over uh, to the defensive side of the ball this it's a it's a talented group uh, coming back the linebacking core is really good with, with yeah. McLean and, and Popo they they really do an outstanding job Jacoby McLean's one of the best linebackers mm-hmm. if not in the SEC if mm-hmm. not in the, if not the country and yeah, and and in the back end, you got you got Roger McCreary at corner and Smoke Monday back there at safety. So it's really a a really nice defensive group for Derek Mason to work with here in the first year, and and it's going to be really important, especially in this new offense, that to kind of to get. I know you're not. It's not 2011. There's not going to be any more nine to six yeah. games. You're gonna you're gonna give up some points, but but being able to get those stops in the red zone, being able to really shrink the field down there. It's really going to give uh, Bo Nix and the offense a chance to really play uh, some complimentary football. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about the linebackers secondary. They're going to be solid. Uh, I'm just worried about the ability to get to quarterback. Uh, that's something Auburn thrived on for years under Kevin Steele, and then last year there was absolutely nothing. Now, granted, they lost Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson, two of the best to do it, so – you know, there was a little expected uh, step back. So, but Big Cat Brian and those guys just didn't, didn't get it done last year. Um, we'll see this year. I mean, Kobe Wooden has all his skills and talent to become a player like Derek Brown or Marlon. Um, you got, yeah, uh, Derek Hall at the edge as a, he's a good uh, edge rusher. Um, but yeah, they have to win those battles in the trenches if they want to be successful or else. The quarterback's going to have all day against them, like they did last year. Well, in in the final final thing that that I had for you, all really great points about the defense. Really interested to see how the pass rush is gonna is gonna come along. It's so like you said, it wasn't wasn't very good last year after after they lost Derek Brown and Marlon Davis, the two obviously huge guys to mm-hmm. to lose, and guys that had a lot heck of a lot of production mm-hmm. uh, in their in their careers in, in that Kevin Steele defense, but. The last question, Brian, before before I let you go, is where do you kind of see Auburn? We're kind of looking at the schedule. Where do you kind of see Auburn shaking out in the West? Because there's LSU is gonna is you got to think they're gonna make a comeback. They seem to do better uh, as an underdog, and they have got their quarterback with Max Johnson. And, but Bo mm-hmm. Nix, he's one of the very few returning quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. SEC yeah. uh, this year. If he can really get it going uh, in this offense, he's Definitely got the Auburn. Definitely has the potential to to score some points. And and when you look at that third week against Penn State, obviously you hope you win the first two at home, and then you go to Happy Valley on September 18th, kind of looking to gain some momentum. But if you could beat if you could beat Penn State on the road, it really gives you confidence coming back home to to Georgia State and yeah. going into LSU the the following week, which could could definitely be a winnable game. Uh, for Auburn, especially if they're undefeated, playing with that confidence. But mm-hmm. where do you kind of see Auburn shaking out in the West this year? Personally, I have them going. I'm going f- fifth in the West, uh, just a, just below uh, Ole Miss. I think that the game against Ole Miss is definitely going to be yeah. going to be critical. But they do get that game at home. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no cakewalk in the SEC no. West West anymore because Arkansas is rebuilding under Sam Pittman. And then you got Mike Leach at, at Mississippi State. You mm-hmm. never know what he's going to do. He seems to to do better 
uh, as he goes along years two and three seem to be a lot better for him after the first year. But, but where do you kind of see Auburn shaking out in the West and, and what, what do you think an acceptable a record would be uh, for fans? And personally, I feel like if Brian Harson could go eight and four mm-hmm. in this in this season, it'll really give him the opportunity to close out that 2022 class and go into that 2023 class with a heck of a lot of momentum. Yeah, I think eight and four would be a great season for them first year. Uh, you just look at the schedule at LSU, at Texas A&M, at Penn State, at South Carolina, at Arkansas. Then you have Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss coming to Jordan Hare. Yeah, it's it's going to be hard for them to finish in the top half of the SEC West. Uh, I predicted six and six. Um, just maybe being a little pessimistic there, but I could see them losing to Penn State. I mean, it's going to be a tough game in front of a hundred thousand people. Um, possibly a whiteout if they do it. Um, yeah, and then I think they lose to Ole Miss. Um, and then they lose the three big rivalry, rivalry games to LSU, Georgia. I don't think they have a ch- chance against Georgia. I really don't. And I don't think I have a, they have a chance against Alabama. So um, they need to win either against Texas A&M or LSU or Ole Miss to have, you know, maybe a 7-5 or 8-4 season. Yeah, that's definitely true. The talent the talent gap is, is just too much for, for Georgia and, mm-hmm. and, and for Alabama right now. But but who knows? Maybe in a in a couple of years, you get you get those really nice recruiting classes established, yeah. establish that momentum, and and really really get that program uh, going. And and Penn State, I don't know. It seems seems they're due for for a couple of wideouts this year since uh since yeah we, since they, we didn't get one last, last year. year. Yeah, I think I think they host Michigan, so that might be the wideout. But um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, opposed to them doing it against us, although. That would match our our home uniforms, the stormtrooper storm uniforms. So that might not be a good. I don't know. I like a whiteout. I like a good old whiteout. So hey, I mean, I, I know they only I know they only do it once a year, but yeah. but, but since they didn't get to do it last year. So you got you got to do twice this you year. Reward your fans. Reward your fans for an off year last year. Yeah, like the the tradi- the tradition can go out the window just this one year. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent. <laughs> Brian, it's been awesome having you today. Absolutely. Definitely got to definitely got to get you back on uh, before the season to go over it a little bit, a little bit more with you. But, but tell everybody where they can find you on social media, where they can find uh, your content uh, there at Auburn Wire as well. Yeah, it's auburnwire.usatoday.com. Um, we're a collection of uh, wire sites that have about uh, fifteen colleges dedicated to it, including LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, some other SEC schools, I think as well. Um, you can find us there. You can find me at that hashtag. I don't know how to do this. There we go. That <laughs> hashtag uh, on Twitter. And uh, my DMs are always open, um, which is sometimes a bad thing, by the way. Um, but um, I love it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, just find me there. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And anytime you want me, I'll uh, be able to come on. Uh, you're welcome. And, Deb. And definitely uh, reach out to Brian uh, on Twitter. I know he's he's ready to fuss and discuss uh, er- everything that's going on. His DMs are open, including wearing white at a wedding. <laughs> Which, if you hadn't checked out that Twitter poll, go follow Brian uh, on Twitter and check out that poll because that that was I honestly spent probably a good portion of the day laughing at that poll. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Brian, wear white to a wedding. <laughs>
Hey, I mean, to, to each to each their own. It's yeah, definitely not definitely not something I would do. But no. Brian, take, but take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, absolutely. Thank, man. Thanks so much to Brian for coming on today, and thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.